You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, welcome back to Gospel-Centered Rest. We're so glad that you are joining us. Today, all three of us pastors from Grace Bible Church are here, myself, Tyler, uh, and Byron and David. How are you doing, Byron and David? Good to be here. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, well, it's good to, it's good to have you back, David. Um, really looking forward to the discussion that we're going to be having today and what we're hoping to accomplish this fall with our podcast. See, this fall, we're going to be focusing on what it means to be caring for one another as a church, as a community, and as families, in particular through discipleship and through cultivating meaningful relationships with one another. And this week, we're going to be focusing on what this looks like in the context of family and what cultivating family discipleship and worship looks like. We're excited about this conversation because each of us, um, in particular, I'm excited because each of us has had a different stage of life and we've had and may be taking slightly different approaches with our own families of, of different things that we've done over the years and that we continue to do. But today's not going to solve all of the problems or even answer all of the questions as to what it means, uh, as to what family discipleship is and family worship is. But we're hoping just to begin a discussion, and we hope to revisit some of these themes um, in different ways as time goes on. But today is essentially a 30,000-foot look at family discipleship. And why it's important. So, to begin the conversation here, uh, here's a question for you guys. What is family discipleship? What is family worship? And why do you think it's important? It's one of those areas where I think so many different things come under the same heading. One of the verses that's often quoted is from Deuteronomy, where God says, Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. It's one of those things that, to me, is just saying, how do you make talking about God and recognizing God's influence, his role, his presence, on a daily sort of basis rather than just on Sunday mornings when you go to a place you call church? Mm -hmm. Now, you guys in particular, Byron and David, you guys are kind of at the other stage uh, than we are with our family. Our kids are young. We've just started um, our kids in school. And we're in that stage of early childhood rearing, where now you guys are in the stage where your kids are, have either moved out of the home, uh, you're, uh, they're getting married, different things like that. Um, so... In particular, how how has passages like Deuteronomy nine, or sorry, six four to nine, 
encouraged you over the years? How has God's word encouraged or instructed you over the years when it's come to this whole concept? Uh, yeah, I, th- this is where I would begin. I would say where it's encouraged me, um, and even the passage that uh, Byron brought up, which I think is a significant patch- passage in Deuteronomy 6, is I, uh, um, I failed at this over and over again. So you read books where you have to be consistent, you have to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when we lost it in the rhythm of our life, uh, moments of, if we're talking about, you know, just time set aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times when, you know, it just seemed to, it just seemed to be routine. So there was, there was, there was nothing really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was no change in my heart or no change in our kid's heart um, at that time. And so uh, I think one of the, um, the, the, the ideas of family discipleship or worship is just to be able to say that um, it's, you look back and you think, absolutely, you could have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could have done it like the hundred books that are written about it, yeah. um, and and the way that they detailed um, how how it should go. Um, but the encouragement for for myself and my wife is uh, the Lord took our weaknesses and our failures and our lethargy and our pride and mm. our busyness and other areas where we maybe shouldn't have been busy, and um, He worked in the mess of our mm. life. He worked um, in times when we were quiet, he wasn't. When we were tired, he wasn't. Um, when we misrepresented God, um, he didn't allow himself to be misrepresented mm-hmm. um, because he revealed himself. So I think for me, the, what I like to talk about is um, books will be written a certain way to do certain things, and we need those books um, but above all, it's a gospel issue. So I think that's the first thing, is God used our failures mm. and our weaknesses and everything, every other word we could pile on that, and, and he was so gracious to us. And then I think the second thing is um, family discipleship or worship is often removed from the rest of life. Yeah. Uh, you could be really good at family discipleship and worship, um, but again, it is first of all, at least in my understanding, a gospel moment. If we're going to have family discipleship or worship, then that mm-hmm. means we need to first of all know that we are disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's lived in the context. If you're doing family discipleship and your life is not lived out in front of your kids in a consistent gospel manner, including the messiness, so including learning to say, please forgive me, or I was wrong, or all of those other things, then family discipleship uh, means means very very little. Can God still use it? Absolutely, but it, it's lived mm-hmm. out in the bigger context of the gospel. So we are disciples. We live as disciples, and then within that bigger picture, um, we have moments of um, uh, we have moments of instruction uh, that naturally come mm-hmm. out of our discipleship um, mm-hmm. as as disciples of Christ. So I love um, there. I think family discipleship is important, but sometimes it's removed from the context of we are disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 
bigger picture is the gospel, and that becomes one gospel moment, as Byron read in Deuteronomy 6. I mean, you look at that, like, repeat them, talk about them when you yeah. sit, when you walk. Yeah. Um, it talks about your forehead when you lie down, your hand. Um, write them on the doorpost. There's so many opportunities. So if we, mm-hmm. that's why I, I think I often felt sometimes like a failure was, and then I'll stop with this, but <laughs> it felt like, because we didn't always get that right. Right. But the, the rest of the time you're struggling with your walk or you're doing well with your walk. And, and those are, that's family worship. Yeah. Family worship is happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and even when I get it wrong and say, you know, yeah. I said that to you, please forgive me. That's a family worship moment. And I think yeah. that's what Deuteronomy is bringing mm-hmm. out to us. Yeah. That is such a, such an important point because I, I think even from reading those books, not that those books are bad, those books can be helpful. They're good. They are good, and we've all benefited from them. But from even having conversations within the church, we've turned it into like a moment mm-hmm. um, where discipleship, in particular with the family, is you living with one another, mm-hmm. uh, and it's every it's every little moment of life from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night yeah. with yeah. your family. And that's really what we see replicated in the Gospels when it just comes to discipleship, or even in the epistles when we have Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy, and he's basically describing their relationship, their discipleship relationship. And you get this sense that Timothy was there for so many moments of Paul's life, Mm -hmm. through persecutions, through sufferings, uh, through how he was treated, through the highs and the lows of ministry. I mean, he would have seen Paul at his worst. Mm -hmm. He would have seen Paul at his best. And I think that's what's so beautiful about about thinking about family discipleship is that is that our our, our kids and our family see us at our worst and they see us at our best and mm-hmm. and like you said the question becomes how do we turn those moments into gospel moments and turn them into a uh, into a moment that 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 shows the redemption of Christ that is humbling maybe that's us saying hey we we didn't I I didn't get it right here in this situation asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. and that that too is also discipleship i can't i can't also forget to um you kind of see this with with solomon as he writes proverbs he's writing as wisdom to to his uh to his children to his son and um we know solomon's story we know the the poor choices that he made just think of ecclesiastes but Solomon is just, he just lays it out for his children. Like, uh, this is what it looks like when we choose God's ways, and this is what it looks like when we don't. And if anybody could, could have said that, that, uh, that it's vanity following after our own desires, that would be Solomon, mm-hmm. the uh, preacher who wrote yeah. the uh, book of Ecclesiastes. So what is family discipleship? Like we've discussed here. I think a lot of it has to do with has to do with our with our life. Would you add anything to that, Byron? Or I'd chime in with David and say, yeah, uh, many, 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 many times, feeling mm-hmm. like a failure, wondering if whether there's some secret somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think you come down to the bottom line of saying, no, there is no secret. And thankfully, our children are not completely dependent on whether we get it right as Mm -hmm. parents that God's bigger than we are and he knows 
our weaknesses and our failings. And there's lots of opportunities to try different things. You, you mentioned we're at different stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had more opportunity and we've made so many more mistakes already. <laughs> so we can just tell you, Tyler, cut yourself some slack, you know? Right. Um, and as people process it, things change. Um, and stages of life change and what may work when the kids are preschool may not work at a later stage and depending on the spread of ages you juggle things even with something like okay we're going to try to read the bible together Mm -hmm. at some point during the day well for some families that able to work other families they struggle with that and verses like the one in deuteronomy and paul's relationships they just tell us it's not like one size fits all, right. and there's one way to do it. Right. Um, it's just that struggle to say, how do we live out our faith in a real mm-hmm. way? Because the kids obviously know it. Um, more than trying to disciple anybody else, they see how deep it goes when things are rough, when you're tired, when something's going lousy. Mm-hmm. I almost see it, too, in this, in this passage, and you had pointed this out, David, in the Deuteronomy 6 passage, um, but it's like... It's, when you read that, you're like, wow, that doesn't sound too complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think sometimes with these, with these things, we, we overcomplicate them ourselves. That we're yeah. like, oh, it's got to be done this way or, or it's got to be done that way. But you read a passage like this and, and it's like, well, here he's emphasizing the truth of loving God and loving others and just repeating them to your children, yeah. just speaking that into the life of your children reminding your children when you're sitting, when you're standing. I mean, those, that's not a complicated formula. No, I mean, and, and like you say, it begins actually in verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Mm-hmm. And that's the gospel. Like we see the work of Christ and his love for us, and it's an overflow of love. And, and, um, and I think that's, you know, even um, as Byron pointed out, practically, how, how sometimes this works out practically is obviously trying to read the Bible together as a family is important. Yeah. And um, so this is, this is what I've said uh, to people who ask me questions like this. I said, you know, or I would say, when it comes to family discipleship or worship or um, instruction, uh, to be, for it to be as natural as possible hmm. with the gifts given to you as you're growing in Christ. So as natural as possible. So Byron mentioned different stages of life. Um, what is your rhythm of life? So for many people, uh, or for some people, uh, supper when, they're, when kids are younger is a time when the entire family can be together. That's just a natural rhythm of life, or it might be the bedtime. Um, and then mm. be you. Do you. Um, you. You may be a more artistic person. Um, you can bring in... Uh, you use your your sense of wonder and your sense of art to draw into um, you might be I mean you might go through a phase where you're teaching certain catechisms mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes your personality use the strengths of your personality of of your wife's personality um, and so when we were younger we just when our kids were younger um, and again this is what I think about sometimes being too fancy is we just tried to bring them to the big pit, big stories of scripture. Mm-hmm. So creation, and then, man, like 
Joseph, I mean Abraham, Isaac, and and um, there's good, you know, there's books that are tell it in a very simple way, but just get them to to understand the flow of of um, of the Bible. So, and you might say, well, how do I do that? And it's just it's just read the Bible with your kids. Mm-hmm. It's it is just simply that because it's the Bible that has the power and and is the living word. Mm-hmm. So, and you'll grow. Um, and I think that's the other thing that encouraged me is. God so often works in the ordinary. Um, we think that we got to do extraordinary things, but even if, when, um, Byron, you might have this, but if your kids are older, they'll talk about some of the exciting moments, but a lot of their memories are just the ordinary memories, just the cycle of life or the cycle of a year. Um, and, and so um, be as natural as possible uh, with the gifts God's given you while you uh, grow in Christ. And, and just don't exasperate your kids. Um, if they're two years old, don't ask them to sit there for half an hour while you pontificate about the great truths of, um, you know, the theologians. That They're just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody told you to do that. But that's not you. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you um, grow in Christ, have these conversations with other parents, and mm-hmm. just be an encouragement to one another. I... I Sorry, I, I even think of families that might be more musical. Like, yeah, like both you guys, your families are. Um, there's there's music in the background, but something like maybe not you, David. But <laughs> I, mean, I just your laugh kids. because I, <laughs> but I don't like, know if you're trying to insult me or what. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it, it's like even something like that can be can be a joy because that again that's you that's your family. Yeah. Um, might be easy for them to sing and and they would like to sing and. That kind of thing. So I, so I yeah. like that. Be you, Byron. You're going to mention something. I was just thinking that when we talk about the books that are out there, so many of them are good. Some of those books can be really helpful because they may be geared to children who are between the ages of two and five. But then yeah. you might have a little study Bible that does something, and they're covering small clips, a paragraph or two, with a little bit of reflection and maybe a question. Mm-hmm. As they get older, and depending on where their interests are, different mm-hmm. styles, different approaches, it's nice to have the variety kind of thing. And I know our kids like that and move to different things, just like even in, uh, say, as a couple, when yep. you're reading something, maybe it's reading through a section of Scripture each day, maybe it's reflecting on a section of Scripture with the help of a a study book, and there's so many out there that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Some you'll hate, some you'll love, and that's all right. Yeah, that's great. Um, here's here's a here's a statement for us to interact with. What would you answer to this to this statement, or what would your answer be to uh, to somebody who might be thinking this way, or might be feeling this way? Every time family worship or discipleship is talked about, I feel discouraged rather than encouraged. I feel like I'm failing as a parent and a spouse. So we try to pray more and read the Bible together more, and then life gets busy and we stop and we just feel discouraged again. It feels like a cycle of discouragement. Now, David, you spoke to this a little bit earlier um, and loved what you had to say, but would, would there be anything more that you would, you would add, perhaps, to a statement like this? Yeah, I, the word more always concerns me. Because it is true, like you live your life thinking I should be more, I should do more, mm-hmm. but it's so contrary to the gospel. And I, 
I think one of the greatest comforts is that we rest in Christ and we can, um, and, and um, even in our less, God does the more. Yep. So, um, and that's not an excuse not to try to be disciplined and, um, and to do a really good job at not just devotions, but just serving Christ. Like, do they see um, someone who's faithful and loves and, mm. you know, I think you gave the illustration where um, a gentleman lost 11 children. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he remarked that his um, that we ought to see um, our Father in Heaven, or we see our Father in Heaven as loving, among other things, mm-hmm. but at least loving. Um, and if we're a father, they should see us as a loving father. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do they see that? Mm-hmm. And so could I love my children more? Absolutely. But if I carry that more around with me, I'm carrying a burden that's just not sustainable. So I need yeah. to come to Christ, um, recognize that He is the God of all grace, um, and I can give that more over to Him. Um, and He does remarkable things, more than we could mm-hmm. possibly imagine. And so His is the more. So if I, find, if I hear myself saying I need to do more, um, right. it's not an excuse to do less, but it's a place to put the more so that in putting the more, your confidence isn't in what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, but it's the confidence isn't that even in our inconsistencies, God will do more. Yeah, I love that. And that was, that was John Owen, actually, mm-hmm. um, that we were, oh. we were discussing that. Um, we yeah. should have known that, right? <laughs> <laughs> John Owen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, oh, no. <laughs> the uh, Puritan heavyweight, John Now we got to start the podcast over. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> No, he, he, he lost 11 children, and, and, and one of the yeah. main things that he said was, was that, that our kids need to see and experience the love of God through how we treat them. They should be able to, yeah. to look at us and say, wow, I'm, I'm experiencing the love of God in these moments. And mm-hmm. I remember um, going to a conference and hearing Paul David Tripp talk about this, and he's like, you know, at night when your kids are in bed and they won't go to sleep and they're making a ruckus and you walk into their room, to put an end to their noise, are they going to say, wow, I'm just experiencing the love of God in this moment <laughs> from my father? Or are they going to see you um, preaching a kingdom all to your own, a kingdom of yourself rather than uh, loving God and loving others yeah. um, and showing the gospel in that moment? So so very, very, very good thoughts. Very mm-hmm. good thoughts. And Byron, you want to add to that? I'm just thinking when we feel discouraged, the question becomes, what are we expecting? Is it, is it an internal expectation? And, and where's it coming from? Where have we decided that this is what's supposed to be happening? Sometimes it's an external thing and somebody has put it on us. It might be ourselves. It might be a spouse. It might be somebody else. But maybe we need to reflect or take a step back and say, Where's this coming from? Mm. Do I need to, as David pointed out, do more here? Or, or maybe do I need to do less? Because I'm just push, push, pushing, and there's, yeah. there's no place or opportunity to rest mm-hmm. and enjoy. And yeah, a lot is driven by fear. I like that. A lot is driven by fear and not faith. Yeah. And so, so we do, we always think we need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that can be an example, right, to our children, to our family, mm-hmm. to others that are looking, looking at us from the outside 
that can be an example and encouragement to them. It, like if we're willing to, to humble ourselves mm-hmm. and to, to have the faith to say, you know, I, I just, I, number one, I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And also um, it's not always necessarily about doing more, but, but resting in the fact that, that God is still God at the end of the day. Jesus is still on his throne and um, he's going to give me the strength to do what I need to do, but to trust him with, with the results, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brings me to our next question. What role does or should the church play in all of this? And I know this is this can be a hot this can be a hot button to press, but I thought maybe we could just take a moment and talk about this. But what what role do you gentlemen see the church playing? I I, I yeah does I mean it, it can be a hot issue, but does it have to be? No. Um, sometimes we expect too much out of families, and sometimes we expect too much out of the church. Mm. So I think. Um, a little bit of grace, uh, understanding that there's inconsistencies and struggles in both family and church. Uh, so um, uh, seeking to, to be a place where uh, for children it's safe, it's welcoming. Um, they see the light of the gospel being lived. There's instruction, whether that's Sunday school or um, within a service or just even, um, uh, you know, just instruction as, as they witness a community together mm-hmm. that are, are loving and caring and if hospitality or fellowship meals. So again, I think it, hap- it, it happens within the natural rhythm. And uh, sometimes parents will say, well, why don't you do more? And, you know, if the question was turned on them, um, they would say, well, <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're inconsistent. We're, we're, um, there's a sense of fragileness sometimes. Um, and the same thing can be said about the church. So uh, being gracious, but also being an encouragement and yeah. um, understanding that both have vital roles to play and, mm-hmm. and they complement one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to not be so quick, I guess, to, to, to be critical of maybe somebody else who could be struggling in that moment of life. Yeah, and, the, and the church family. can do the same thing and, yeah. to families. Like, yeah. why aren't you doing more? Like, you need to you yeah. need to do this. And yeah. it can be, say, well, why aren't you doing more for our kids? And everybody could be doing more. Right. Um, but as a society, we've chosen to uh, really in, uh, invest in a lot of other things in our life. So that that's, um, you know, um, so, so I, I think, like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it's the grace part. Of, of journeying with one another mm-hmm. and how much encouragement is needed for one another. Yeah, that's good. Byron, would you add anything? I guess I would think so many times it's easy to think of the church as, as something separate from ourselves, but we know the church is people. So what do we as a group of people want to do for each other? Well, hopefully encourage and support each other which means when we feel we've muffed it, somebody else can say, yeah, I know what that's like. Um, And maybe it's an idea of something that worked for them, but it comes through relationships. So as leaders, we want to encourage the people to be entering into life with each other so that we can support and we can reach out to people, welcome people who are seeking or people who have been believers for ages. But the whole idea of, what do we do as a church? We want to support and encourage, because obviously the amount of time that somebody's going to spend in 
a Sunday school class or a youth group is minimal compared to what they spend with their family. So we want to support the family. We want to support the individuals as well and say, how can we help each other learn, grow, reach out? It changes it so that we're trying to be the encouragers rather than nailing each other to the wall because we're supposed to be doing more. Right. Yeah, and you, you bring up a good point because it's a, so much um, is written in Scripture about one another. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're a younger Christian couple who struggles with devotions, um, search out for a one another moment and one another with an older couple <laughs> who say, listen, we're really struggling. And you'll hear the couple, older couple say, yeah, we really struggled, but here's, here are a few things and we'll pray for you and we'll check in every once in a while to encourage you. So instead of looking at always, like you said, at Sunday school, and so much happens within relationships. So much discouragement is taken care of within relationships. Um, and that's just one anothering, yeah. um, like Scripture teaches us. Very, very good conversation, guys. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this. I'm looking forward to, to talking maybe more in depth on these things, like as time goes on. Because like I said, we don't, we don't have all the time in the world to, to really dive into this stuff. But, but I'm glad that we can get the discussion at least started and get the discussion flowing. Now, next week, we're hoping to do something a little different. David, did you want to say something about our next, next week's, uh, yeah, we, we want to, um, we just want, uh, COVID has been, um, part of our narrative, uh, for, for about the last six or seven months. And so what we want to do is we want to just talk about six months after COVID and, uh, maybe, uh, reflect on things that we've, how we've tried to lead, um, mm. our, uh, our families and, and also the church, um, and uh, also uh, some of the some of the encouragements and, and some of the challenges. So yeah. we look forward to that discussion. Yeah, and that's all part of this caring for one another series that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and cultivating meaningful relationships. Because I I I do agree that talking about what's going on right now and what we've been experiencing in the last several months is an important part of uh, this whole this whole discussion. Now, as we as we uh, depart. From uh, from today's podcast, what resources or books maybe that you maybe you guys have found helpful over the years that we could encourage or uh, or put out there? Anything off the top of your heads? The the one that comes to mind maybe it's a good example. It's one that I really have enjoyed, and my wife and I have enjoyed. It's called um, the Love of God. It's a two-volume set by D.A. Carson, who I uh, really appreciate. And each day there's a one-page little reflection on a chapter of Scripture. And so as he works through the Scriptures, um, there's this commentary that follows along with it. But at the same time, we used it sometimes with the kids. They enjoyed it at times. And at other times it was like, oh, come on, let's, let's do something different. This guy is just too dry or this right. just doesn't, you know, and it was real. And we're not using it right now because we're doing something different. Things change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, one of the books that we used when our kids were younger is uh, Leading Little Ones to God. Hmm. And uh, we found that they, they just told um, the Bible stories well. Uh, so that's Leading Little Ones to God by Marion Schoolland, uh, and we found her 
um, helpful. And then uh, just in terms of big picture, uh, you've mentioned uh, yeah. trip, um, shepherding a child's heart. Yeah. Uh, and then that's, I mean, all, all things are taken in balance, but shepherding a child's heart is good for when the kids are younger. And it also gives a good gospel overview, yeah. gospel driven picture of what um, raising young children's is like. But then there was a follow up book, Age of Opportunity, that deals with teenagers. Yeah. And how you transition from um, traveling, journeying with your children through teenage yeah. life. And I thought Age of Opportunity, um, it, it helped us so much because um, they become gospel moments. It's always gospel moments, but just different ways of expression of the gospel yeah. moments. So I think those two books summarize uh, the big picture of gospel parenting very well. Yeah, I love that picture, shepherding, right? Because that's what it is. It's not... It's not just one thing. It's yeah. uh, it's a myriad of things that God has given us the responsibility for. Like for us, we we love the shepherding child starter series, um, and we're in that stage of life with our kids right now. Uh, also, another one that we like with our with our little kids is the Big Picture Bible, and it's basically like a the story of redemption from the beginning to the end. There's so many oh. good things out there now. Yeah, you go on wtsbooks.com. And there's lots of really good um, gospel-centered and just biblical resources there for children. Um, our kids are doing a devotional uh, some days with with my wife, and that's that's been really good too. But but yeah, there's I mean we live in a we live in a culture right now, and a church culture in particular. We've got so many resources mm-hmm. at our disposal. So. If anyone's ever looking for resources that's listening and would like would like some direction, uh, you can always ask us here at the church. I know that we'd love to point people in the right direction for that. So thank you, gentlemen. Good. Thank you, Tyler.